Hey there, it's Amy McDonald here, yoga business coach. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast, where we talk all things yoga nerdy and yoga business. If you are looking to grow your yoga beers this year, please check out my signature program that is enrolling now. Think of it as the teacher training for your yoga business, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga beers. Now on to today's podcast. Hey folks, it's Amy here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Uh, so delighted to have a bunch of people joining me live. I love that. Makes my job way more fun when I'm not just talking to myself. Hey, today we're going to be talking about focus and um, and and commitment to mastering your craft. So I was saying just now on Facebook that I have been really enjoying listening to the Mahabharata uh, while I've been spending a lot of time in the car. If you're here with me live, give me a shout out if you like audiobooks. I am a bit of a nut for audio. I like books, you know, no no surprise there, right? Amy is bookish. Um, but I, li- I like to read, um, but I particularly like listening to podcasts and audiobooks when I'm doing other things, particularly driving. And so it it's been great to listen to these really long books if you have a long time in the car over Christmas I, I listened to the Ramayana, fantastic. And now I'm working my way through the Mahabharata. It's uh, 40 hours, uh, 40 hours or 45 hours <laughs> of audiobook. And the version that I'm listening to, look, I, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. I can't say as I can compare it to the original text such that it is, however many versions there are. But, but um, I'm really enjoying it. And um, man, is it saucy. Like the stuff that you don't hear about, the sex in this book, hot, Fifty Shades of Grey, meh, boring. Get yourself on the Mahabharata if you want to have a saucy read. Holy smokes, did you know? Did you know how Arjuna's dad died? I didn't know this. I knew he died, but do you know how he died? Anyone? Like, oh, uh, uh, do you know what an antichinus is? It's an Australian, like, mouse. Australian mammal that has sex until it dies. <laughs> Just the men. The women, obviously, that would be bad for their species if they died at that point. That's what happens. They, they fuck themselves to death. Uh, guess what? Yep, you guessed it. The lust, the lust. He had a curse on him if he, if he consorted with his wives one more time, <clears throat> instant death. But he did it anyway. <laughs> No one tells you this stuff. You got to if you haven't listened to it or read it. It's 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 pure gold. It's awesome. What I love about the version that I'm listening to, I got it on Audible. If anyone wants the uh, the version that I'm listening to, uh, hit me up, send me an email, hit me up on Instagram, whatever. I'll tell you. But the re- the one I the, the the one that I'm listening to, I love it because I don't know if they just forgot to edit it properly, but every now and then <laughs> the narrator does this big sigh, <laughs> like just you can hear this. He knows he's got another 35 hours of this thing to read. It's fantastic. And he's a little bit, um, he's not coy, but he's a little bit conservative in, in how he talks about things. And it, and it does seem to be that it is translated in a way that seeks to be true to the language so that things are a little bit vaguely referred to like consorting with his wife. <laughs> Super fun. Get on it. I, I mean, if you're, if you're a yoga nerd, you'll love it. And even if you're not, 
If you're ever wondering what theme to have in your yoga classes, just listen to a couple of hours of the Mahabharata and you'll have so many great topics to talk about, just like we are going to do today. I want to talk about a story. Uh, you know, the Mahabharata, obviously, it's, it's, an, it's, it's the epic, right, or one of the two primary epics of India. It's the uh, larger work in which the Bhagavad Gita sits, whether or not that was written at the same time or inserted later. So it's a very, very important text. And, and as you can imagine, a, a, a poem that takes 40 hours to read is a long bloody poem. So within it, there are lots of different uh, additional stories and, and people's backstory and people's history and people's family line and little um, uh like little fables and stories along the way that, that are full of great teachings. And that's what I want to talk about today. The teaching, one of the teachings that Drona gave to Arjuna during his uh, boyhood as he was honing his craft and stepping into his uh, Svadharma, his own personal journey in being the, the absolute, uh, the, 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 the most gifted and most talented archer in the universe, which is what his role was in in the birth that he took and definitely is the role that he plays in the story. But before I get into that, I want to nerd out with you for a little bit uh, because I realised in re-listening to this part of the book that I've been really beating up on the evil guy in the Mahabharata. So for a long time now, I have taught a particular workshop about abundance. I've, you know me, I've got a fetish for this stuff, right? Um, reconciling spirituality and prosperity, um, unpacking the teachings within the yogic tradition about wealth creation and um, right livelihood. And so one of the yoga workshops that I've taken on the road now, on and off for a couple of years, I think the last time I taught it was in Malandindi last year, is about abundance and, and embodying that on the sticky mat. And so one of the, one of the uh, archetypes or one of the characters from the yoga tradition that models this so well to my mind is Draupadi. And Draupadi is, you know, she has the, she has the Anahata chakra colored sari. She smells like lotus. She's, um, she's, she's uh, obviously she's, you know, she's very well um, schooled. She's, she's, she, she, she does all the right things. You know, she's the dream girl, right? Um, and 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 she is won by Arjuna in an archery contest. He obviously smashes it because he's that's that's his fadama. That's what he's meant for. And um, so they, Arjuna wins her at the time. I'm just going to give you the quick and dirty. At the time um, that Arjuna was living with his brothers, uh, the twins Yudhishthira Bhima Arjuna were all living in the forest with their mother stepmother, mother, depending on which brother you're talking about, Kunti, uh, they were living in the forest because they were in, uh, they were in hiding from the bad guys who had tried to <laughs> burn them down in a house that was cemented with ghee. More that later. Anyway, when I'm teaching my workshop, I love to tell the story about how Draupadi, um, how Dorodana, who is the evildoer in the Mahabharata, um, the primary evildoer, right, the primary antagonist, how he threatened Draupadi and threatened to rape her and how her inherent abundance protected her, how she called in her divinity and in her inherent abundance and as Dorodana was trying to um, uh, pull off her sari to, to 
to, to attack her um, in front of the court, uh, she tapped into her inherent abundance and and no matter how much the evil guys pulled at the sari, there was just more and more fabric and she could never actually be made naked And as, as a symbol of her inherent abundance. I love this teaching. And at the end of that, when, when they're like, F you, Dorodana, you can't touch me, you know, she's doing all of that sort of stuff, um, you know, she, she tells him she's, she's going to like, she, she won't um, wash, she'll, she'll be like raw until she gets vengeance and she's going to wash her hair with like the blood of Dorota. It's, it's pretty gruesome. And I've always loved all over this and he's the bad guy and, you know, go get him, Drabity, like girl boss. And it wasn't until I was revisiting the Mahabharata these past few days that I realised, you know what, Amy, you've been kind of harsh to Dorodana, right? Shout out, hey, Jody, shout out here in the chat if, uh, if, if <laughs> you're with me on this. So I like to beat up the bad guy. I love to celebrate an empowered feminine heroine. This is all good stuff. But, you know, Dorodana, um, he didn't have it easy and I think I've been insensitive to perhaps what made him who he was. So you want to know, if you already know this and I'm boring you, people who are here with me live, let me know. I won't tell you anymore. But if you're kind of interested to know, so there was these two women, right, two queens, they're going to have kids, they're both struggling, but they're going to figure it out. Um, two, two, two lines, two brothers, wives, kids. One of the wives, um, she's struggling, She's struggling to have babies, but they do some magical stuff and, um, and she's promised a boon of having 100 sons, right? Okay, great. She's going to have 100 sons. So as you can imagine, that's quite a lengthy pregnancy to have 100 sons. Um, I have never been a biological parent. I've never been pregnant. But I could imagine that if you are, I mean, just having twins is quite a, quite a, quite a situation. If you're actually gestating 100 kids, probably quite intense. So anyway, she's, she's been pregnant for a while and nothing's kind of coming of it. And, but everyone else seems to be getting pregnant and having these gorgeous, radiant children that are in fact embodiments of the divine. And she's starting to get a bit pissed. So what does she do? Warning, if you're pregnant or easily upset about like harmful stories about children or I don't know, like terminating pregnancies or anything, warning. Okay. This is a fable. That's where I'm going. So she starts to get pissed off. The fact that she's been pregnant for ages and she's yet to actually have these babies. So she like starts to beat up her pregnant belly. Like she gets really pissed off and she's pounding at it and she's just like done with being pregnant already. And what do you know? She gives birth to a ball of flesh. Gross, but that's what happens. And so that happens. And she's like, we call this a hundred kids. This is just like, ew, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to just get rid of it. Right this is disgusting. I've had enough, whatever. But, but her, her wise husband says, well, you know what? Let's not get, let this go to waste. You know, this mass of flesh was, was a gift from the divine. It came as a result of a boon. Um, maybe we should like do something with it. Uh, okay. So we were going to have a hundred kids with this thing. Um, I don't know. Let's like cut it up into a hundred bits, put each bit into an earthen pot and see what happens. as you do, right? So that's what they do. And as a result, a uh, hundred kids are born from these pots of flesh. What? And Dorodana is one of these kids. So if we think about the fact that, you know, if you are interested, if you, if you are a believer in like embodied trauma or, um, 
you know, characteristics that come at a genetic level, you can imagine that first being like aborted by your own mother and then divided up into a hundred bits and incubated in a pot, probably going to put some resentment into your tissue, right? Then compile, couple that with the fact that you now are born um, and your mother has 99 other kids who are all the same age as you. Now, I, I've got friends who've got multiple infants. That's a big job, having all those kids at the same time. Can you imagine having 100 babies all at once? I don't care how many handmaids you got. That's a lot of work. So fair to say that Gerard also had a bit of a mother story about not being seen, not being heard, not getting enough attention, not having enough like body contact. You're not lying there having given birth to, well, the pots gave birth to 100 sons, then they all get time on the chest, right? That doesn't happen. If you're like a contact parent, that's not happening for Dorodina. So I realized I have been a little bit too harsh on this guy. We still need a bad guy in the Mahabharata. He does exceptionally well playing that role. And, and you know, that's all good. But maybe I should have been a little bit, as a coach and someone who is a little bit obsessed with personal development, maybe I've been a little bit harsh on this guy. Maybe I can see now why he may have been a little neurotic. Uh, a bit of a sociopath, a little bit like starved for attention, a little bit pissed off when he thought the kingdom was coming to him, but those Pandava boys who were all like handsome and good at everything got the kingdom. I would be, right? He also had a blind father, which these days, so the blind father was supposed to be king, but he was blind and kind of a king who's blind then. You know, these, these days maybe, hopefully, yes. Back then, not a whole lot of support for the vision impaired. Not allowed to be the king if you don't have eyes. So he's also got a dad who kind of got ripped off. He's got a mum who kind of aborted him and then changed her mind and cooked him in a pot. And he's trying to share parents with 99 other siblings. I think I was a little bit tough on this guy. That's an aside. Can you believe it? That's the longest aside I've ever done. <laughs> First quarter of the podcast. <laughs> Amy's just been crapping on about poor old Dorota, another bad guy. Give me some sugar, those of you who are here with me live. Did you know that? Did you know all of that about Dorodina? Poor guy. I mean, I don't want to date the man, but you can kind of see where his issues come from. And none of that was the story I actually wanted to tell today. The story I wanted to tell today was one about focus. So a little bit of backstory to the story. As you may know, I have the very good fortune to host a masterminding group for people who have graduated my other programs, graduates of the Growing Your Yoga Business program or graduates from uh, Grow Seven Shine, my personal like one-to-one coaching or graduates of my Abundant Yoga Teacher Retreat. And so these people have they've done a whole bunch of training, they've done a whole bunch of work and they're looking for community and to really, like really go for it, really dial, turn up the volume, dial it up and, and move forward in their business. And part of what we've been doing in that group as a challenge is um, there's, there's three things that we all committed to doing every day for 14 days as a way of um, radically growing our business, radically overcoming limiting beliefs and really committing to this idea of persistence. And, and what, I've, what we've been looking at as a group is that it's difficult to stay focused. It's difficult to keep that very clear uh, vision and stay firmly committed to walking that path. It is very easy 
to be distracted. And I know even for me, I see this showing up, like here's a, uh, again, type me something into the chat if, if this may also resonate for you, but sometimes distraction is so um, prolific in my life that there'll be times when I will pick up my phone to check something and by the time I've got my phone in my hand, I've kind of got distracted about what app I was going to open because I've forgotten what I was going to check. And I find myself, oh, look, there's a notification from Facebook. I'll go do that thing. Even though what I got my phone for was to check the weather or I, I, pick, I need to figure out my bank balance or get the phone to do that. But then, oh, look, there's something on Instagram. I'm going to go look at that. And if, by the time I finished doing my Instagram thing, I've forgotten that I was even needing to check my bank balance because I was looking to pay a bill or whatever. A distraction happens at, at those types of micro levels and it also happens at the bigger picture. What are you really going for? What's your actual vision? Where do you want to see yourself in heaven forbid five years time? And without some kind of focus, we just don't get there, right? We, or, with it, the, or maybe this, is, this shows up on your sticky mat. Maybe you go to, this has been something for me, I'll go to a workshop and I'll get really inspired about a particular pose, but when I get back to my own self-practice, the realities of how I'm feeling in any day and my commitment to what I'm doing and my focus on that goal sort of diminishes such that I never actually get back into that same vibration of wanting to achieve the, the, the vision that I had for myself in the first place. Maybe you can relate. So if you ever find yourself being too easily distracted, whether it's at the, the, the tiny little detail, the, 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 the day-by-day, moment-by-moment detail, like I was saying about the apps on my phone, that level of gone distracted. Or if it's at the bigger picture, you know, do you have, um, I know I had this goal um, in my 30s, I was going to like, Work my corporate job, I was going to pay off my mortgage. That was the thing, just pay off my mortgage and then go do whatever else I wanted to after that point. But I, and that was my, I was like, yes, this is my thing. I can stay in this corporate job, even though it was kind of like not what I wanted to do, but I was committed to it because the salary was going to pay off my mortgage. And once that was done, I could go create my heart-centered business, do my yoga thing, have a good time, forget about it. But along the way, I got distracted. I lost that commitment to that goal. And I ended up staying in my corporate job a whole lot longer because I did all of these other things, which were great. And I wouldn't change them in hindsight, but, but they did distract me from that goal. Just go to Europe for a week. (laughs) You know, why not? I'll just go do another yoga teacher training in Indonesia. Why not? Distraction. And without the focus, it's very easy for us to get distracted. Now, there is a time for serendipity. There is a time for sort of divine intervention. There is a time for uh, spontaneous opportunity and delight in uh, pursuing something that you never saw coming. But we get to be mindful about how we interact with those two things. We get to recognise in the moment that it's happening and then make a conscious choice rather than like I do with my phone app, just now I'm on Instagram. I don't even know how that happened. Doing like, you know, that sort of unconscious, unmindful distraction. So I'm going to take a sip of water. If this is all making sense to everybody who's here with me live, type me something into the chat and then I'll tell you the story and what it means for us in business. 
All right, so <clears throat> so Drona was um, uh, a very powerful, skilled, accomplished uh, um, f- uh, warrior. Warrior is what I'm looking for. Um, teaching, and he and he assumed the role of becoming the the teacher of the princes of the land and of adjacent lands. In fact, people would come from other kingdoms to learn from Drona. He was the, um, the, the, he was the master. He was the best person. If you're going to learn this thing, you had to go to him. And he, and so despite having some family conflict, Drona was the teacher to both the Pandava boys. So those five boys with Kunti, Draupadi's husbands, those, the good, the good guys. And also the Kauravas, the bad guys, Dorodana being one of them. Drona was also also had a son who was very accomplished in his own right and uh, as 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 a warrior, and he he was also a student of of Drona. So you can imagine these boys. This is this is early in their journey. They're 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 not sort of into manhood yet. They're learning how to practice. They're learning the skills in what it takes to be a warrior, and. And part of that is Drona setting them challenges to test them along the way and see how they're going. What is the efficacy of this skill? Are they being attentive? Are they pursuing their path? Are they being mindful? Are they getting better at what they're meant to be doing? Now, not everybody was ever going to be as good as Arjun because that was his Svadharma. He was going to always be the, the most skillful archer and more of that in the Mahabharata. His brothers, for example, had uh, different skill sets like Bhima, his brother was massive and his, his weapon was the mace, right? It, he, he, he was less about mastery and skill with the arrow and more about like, like beating things to death. Um, love this aside. You know how they, the, they live all together, the mother and the five brothers and then the shared wife, and this is how they did the meals, right, because Bima was like, oh, big, massive, big things with maize. They would make the food. They would divide the food into two parts. Bima would get one whole part and everybody else, then the, what was left was, was uh, separated for Arjuna, Yudhistra, Kunti, Drabi and the twins, like six Bima got one half of all the food and then the other half was broken down into six portions. Like that's how intense he was. He was never going to be one for like precision and skill. However, he was still a student of Drona. So anyway, one day Drona decides that uh, he's going to set this particular challenge and he has this, uh, depending on your version, I'm going to go with the vegan version today. He has this wooden bird that he hangs in a tree and he says to the boys, the princes that are there, um, Yudhishthira, Bhima, Dorodana, Arjun, Dorodana's son, others, the challenge is that you shoot your arrow and you hit the eye of the bird. You've got to shoot the arrow into the eye of the bird. So the bird is some distance off. It's hanging in a tree, like the wind, yada. It's a complex challenge. And so one after the other, they take it in turns to attempt this feat. I think Yudhishthira starts first. He shoots, he misses. And Drona says, okay, well, let's talk about it, you know, some, some coaching on the, on, the, uh, on the training course. You know, let's talk about it. What do you, what do, you do well? What, what could you do better? What happened? They're unpacking it. And, and uh, Drona says, so what did you see? You know, what were you aware of when you took the shot? And you just says, well, you know, I, I knew that you guys were here and, and, and the forest and the tree and, and the bird. 
and and Jonas says, okay, well, got it. That that will that's probably what happened. Next, so the next punter comes along, shoots the arrow, doesn't doesn't get it either. And again, the same thing. You know, what were you aware of when you took the shot? Well, the forest and and the tree, um, and the bird and and the eye of the bird, um, but didn't make the shot. And this continues until it's Arjuna's time and, you know, Arjuna takes the shot and hits the bullseye, hits the bird, wooden bird, in the eye. And, and so Drona says, well, what happened, Arjuna? Why did you meet the target? What were you aware of when you took the shot? And he said, all I saw was the eye of the bird, right? All I saw was the eye of the bird. And so this is the teaching of when we have something difficult in front of us, when we are faced with a specific challenge that may seem to be greater than what we are capable of, it is so important that we become very narrow in our focus, narrow in our focus such that we are only considering the desired outcome and that we become oblivious to everything else. This tracking, I wanna, I'm not seeing any chat comments. I hope, uh, hope you can all hear me. I'm not just talking to myself here. So there's a couple of ways that I think this plays out in yoga business. The first one is in the, I'm going to take this, I think there's two primary ones that I want to cover today. The first one is thinking about this in terms of the Shiva encoded um, components of your business. So what I'm talking about there is uh, the actual action steps, the go get dones, the, the nuts and bolts that are required in your business. If you are focused, you can't be distracted by stuff that is not important to what you're doing in that moment. Now, this doesn't mean that you only do one thing ever. You still need to do multiple tasks. Like Arjun saw nothing but the eye of the bird when he shot the arrow, but there was more, um, you know, there were other tasks to do. There were other learnings to be had. There was talking with his teacher, there was engaging with the other students, there was more practice and um, weaponry uh, and, and warrior skills to learn. But in that moment, when that was very clearly his desired outcome, he was, he was focused on, he was doing nothing other than that one particular task. And I think, you know, we got very caught up in the 90s and the noughties about multitasking. Oh, I'm a woman, I can multitask. Like all this talk about multitasking. And actually I suspect that there is an incredible power in single tasking, doing one thing to the best of your ability and then moving on to doing the next thing. And uh, Kirsty, I know we've been hanging out recently, Sam. One of the things I talk about uh, if you spend any time with me is the importance of actually using your electronic calendar and putting in the tasks that need to be done against time so that they actually happen. So for example, um, what have I done today? Uh, uh, oh, here, I had to write the email that you all got to come along and do this today, set up the zoom and do some research on the topic and, and make the email and send it all out to you. And I knew that that would take me about an hour. And so when that time came in my Google calendar, I'm not freaking out. I'm not looking at Instagram. I'm not getting back to emails. I'm not checking in with people on Facebook. All I am doing is that task. I'm shooting the eye of the bird in that moment. I have to, in this moment, prepare the email, set up the Zoom, send out the email and, get, and prepare the content of what I want to share for the podcast, right? And then 
when that is complete and I've achieved that task, I've taken that shot, I can move on to the next task. Some think about here in, in the Shiva encoded component of what it means to be an abundant yoga teacher in the nuts and bolts part is starting to look more at single tasking as opposed to multitasking. Over the course of my day, I've recorded some other podcasts for you. I've interviewed a really cool uh, yoga guy. I'll tell you more about that later. Um, I've cleared my inbox. I've got back to people on Facebook. I've done a Facebook Live. Um, you know, I've done a bunch of other things. But across, but in any given moment, I'm working on just one thing. And that is incredibly powerful. I'm not jumping from task to task, such that when I am focused on preparing the podcast, my mind gets to be completely focused on preparing the podcast. And when I am interviewing this guy, I get to be totally present with him and, and um, you know, and, and holding space for that and asking great questions and interacting with him to get a great result for all of you. When I am getting back to my clients and their emails, I'm not thinking about other stuff because I'm completely focused on the task at hand. And as a result, much more efficient much more present um, and, and I'm getting through things a hell of a lot faster because I'm sitting down, doing one thing, moving on, doing the next thing. Sam says, I've started doing this this week and it's mostly working much better. Awesome, Sam. You know, I don't have um, crazy post-it notes. I used to, used to be addicted to post-it notes everywhere, all the things I had to get done. Now it's just in my calendar. Like today I had the, uh, received the invoice from the retreat center that I use in Thailand and we got to do a telegraphic transfer thing because they're in Thailand and I'm not. And It takes a little bit of time. I'm not freaking out about, oh, yeah, I mustn't forget to pay that invoice. No, no, no. It's in the calendar and when the time comes, it says, ping, pay the invoice. Okay, it's time to pay the invoice. Sit down, do the transfer, do the thing. Done. No drama. Just actually achieving the result, hitting the eye of the bird. Jody says, "All oh, good, Amy. I'm just enjoying your storytelling. I'm glad I didn't gross you out too much, Jody, with all of that like abortion jar situation." Blah. Anyway, there you have it. So this, so this idea of shooting the eye of the bird or having that incredible focus. So let me let me backtrack. Because the other people in that competition, Bhima, Dorodana, Yudhistra, um, Drona's son, they were skillful warriors, right? They were practiced. Remember, they were learning from the best in the land. In being Drona's student, you didn't just, like, you, he was your guru. You had to become his devotee. People were not allowed in. People, it was, you know, there's a whole other story about what happens when you say Drona's your teacher, but he hasn't actually accepted you. If you're in that school, it's because you're already awesome. And yet, because they were, you know, they, they knew they had the, the gear, they'd had the practice, they knew the, the stance and the technique and all of that stuff, because just slightly being aware of other things, they couldn't achieve what it was that they wanted to achieve. Were they good? Yeah, they were exceptional. But distraction still prevented them from achieving the goal that, that was paramount at that time. So if we think about this in terms of the more Shakti encoded part of what it means to be an abundant yoga business owner, where I really see distraction come in or being aware of things other than your desired goal is mindset and what it is that you're thinking about. 
So for example, um, uh, for example, I'm going to use an example of um, one of my clients who has a retreat to fill and, um, and there are multiple ways that this retreat situation could go down. It won't now, but back when we started working on it some weeks ago, no one had booked in, the early bird was almost up. And, and so the, you know, there was a bunch of ways that that could have gone down. Maybe no one would sign up at all. Maybe only a couple of people would sign up and should lose money. Maybe a couple more and should break even. Or maybe should fill it and make great money and have a good time. You know, there's sort of the four kind of variations. And she was aware of all of them in the moment. But if we think about, you know, this, like Yudistra going to take the shot, he's aware of the other warriors. He's aware of the forest. He's aware of the tree. He's aware of the bird. He's aware of all of the different things around him. And because of that diffused focus, he doesn't achieve his outcome. And I think this shows up in mindset. If you are contemplating anything other than the exact result you want, if you are indulging any fear, any self-doubt, any consideration of an outcome that is different to the one that you specifically desire, you're not going to hit the eye of the bird. So, so if we think about, you know, I want to know from people who are here with me live right now, like what's something that you're working on or what's a goal that you have in your business where you have a desired result, but you know that you might be like sort of swooshing from side to side. Maybe it'll be this way or maybe it'll be that way. Or what will I do if that doesn't happen? Or like any of that sort of um, sort of ambivalence around the outcome. Are you, are you um, doing that like choose your own adventure? Are you mapping out all of the potential outcomes that may eventuate? Are you sharing your energy across maybe I cancel it, maybe it's half full and I lose money, maybe I just break even, maybe I crush it? Anything like that. Sam saying the Japan mindful to it. Yes. So anywhere where we're doing this, right, if we come back to the story of Drona and what he taught those boys, anywhere where we are focusing on more than the exact thing that we want, we are so much less likely to achieve that outcome. So that um, if we have had the Shiva encoded here, go do this of get yourself a calendar, do what you're told, don't do anything else, don't colour outside the lines. From the Shakti encoded mindset perspective, the, the, the task, the homework from this podcast, the go do from this podcast is notice where you may be um, considering multiple options, particularly if they are not actually the option that you want. Where are you making yourself available or diffusing your energy, diffusing your focus? across multiple possibilities when, in fact, if you're true with yourself and tuned in, there is only one possibility that is the right one for you. There is only one wooden bird in the tree. that It only has, it's like that is the eye that you are going to shoot. Nothing else is going to cut it. If you're thinking about the tree or you're thinking about the guy behind you or you're thinking about the wind, you're distracted from your focus, which is actually the eye of the bird. So this shows up. In, in thought patterns that are taking you away from your actual goal. So my loving invitation for you all is to think about what is that thing that you are working on right now, whether it's getting your website completed or, um, I don't know, completing some online training or maybe it's something that you're working on and you're sticking that 
or maybe you've got an event or classes that you're looking to fill. But consider that one thing and start to notice when you allow yourself to become aware of more of anything other than your desired result, anything other than your desired result, because your job Arjun shows us this so beautifully is to be wholly committed to just that thing, to be aware of nothing other than the eye of the bird, to be completely committed to that particular outcome. And any time that you find yourself swaying, thinking of, oh, maybe I would be okay if it's only half full, or maybe I should cancel at this time, or um, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe inversions aren't for me and I'm just going to go back to backbends or whatever your thing is. Anytime you notice that you are talking yourself out of that goal, that you are choosing to diffuse your, or dilute your vision, grab it, notice it and come back to your point of focus. This is particularly true for any negative thinking or fear that comes up. We see this in you know, Yogananda teaches so beautifully on this. We see this in sort of the law of attraction work. You've got to keep your mind on what you want, the power of thought to create your own reality. Arjun was thinking about nothing but the eye of the bird and the eye of the bird is what you got. Where are your thoughts creating a reality that you don't want? Because you're thinking about something that is not your ideal outcome. And not to judge yourself or beat yourself up about it, but to simply, like you would teach a beginner's meditation course, right? Just notice when the mind has wandered and come back to what you want. If you notice that you're starting to think about um, how much money will I lose or uh, this is too hard for me or who am I to actually do this anyway or notice without judgment and bring yourself back to your desired outcome. I am getting 2000 new followers on Instagram in the next two months or whatever your target is. Is this making sense? Everyone who's here with me live. So it's pretty much the story that I wanted to share with you today about Drona and how he teaches the importance of having absolute singular focus in order to achieve something that is important to you. Totally says Sam. Yay. That's good. Sam. I'm so glad. Now, like I said, there are a time, there is a time when, when um, opportunity, opportunity will arise. We never want to close ourselves off to uh, Leela, right, like the play of the universe. We never want to be so shut down that, um, that, that, that divine intervention can't happen, that serendipity or unforeseen opportunity is uh, that, that we miss those opportunities. But there is a difference between is this, am I changing my focus or am I being distracted? Very different. Am I shifting my focus because I'm choosing to do that or am I just being distracted? For example, back to the nitty gritty, we know that if you get back, if you comment back on an Instagram comment within an hour, better yet, within like five minutes, it's going to help your algorithm and help your Instagram to grow and be more seen by more people. That's real. So if I notice, if I'm really looking to do that in my business and I'm working on something, but I see that someone makes a comment on my Instagram, is it being distracted? I'm not being distracted in that moment. Of, oh, fuck Instagram. Actually, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to pause this task 
and I'm going to shift my focus to get back to that comment because getting back to those things in a timely fashion is actually important for something else. And once I've completed that, I'm shifting my focus again and I'm coming back to whatever the task at hand was. There are things that will happen, like your phone will ring and it's an important call. There are times when it is appropriate to change your focus, but that is very different to being available to be distraction. So, you know, like I said, if you are working on focus, whether it is in how you are using your time and the actions you are taking, or if it is in how you are thinking about your business or anything for that matter, like the mind, it's great because we already know this, right? We teach it already. Here's the steps. The mind wanders or the hands wander or the iPhone wanders. Notice. Come back to the task at hand or the thought, the chosen thought pattern. Repeat. That's it. Just like you would teach a beginner in meditation. Mind wanders, notice, come back to the breath, repeat. Same deal. So uh, there you have it, folks. A little mini teaching from the Mahabharata, thanks to Drona. Bad things went on there in the end, you know. Bad things. He was, uh, he was an interesting character. Smart man, but oh, caught in a bind, let's just say. Bloody good book. Bloody good book. Go read it. Go listen to it. It's awesome. You t- especially if you teach mythology, have you actually like chunked down and re- got yourself into the whole thing or are you just teaching bits and pieces from it? There's so much juice in the, in the big story. I mean, I just want to pull over sometimes and take notes. So cool. Right, folks, that's everything I wanted to say today about Arjuna, Drona and a little bit of clarity, focus, uh, teaching, courtesy of the Mahabharata. Before I finish up, though, I would be remiss of me if I did not reiterate that registrations close for growing your yoga business on Sunday. Kirsty's in. Yes, love it. Uh, if you're not in yet and you would like to spend six months with Kirsty and me uh, growing your yoga business, moving from you know, yoga teaching hobbyist to abundant yoga business owner, you need to get yourself registered by Sunday night. For Sunday night, my time. And as I was talking to Sandy Fernandez yesterday, she's the author of um, oh, Karmic Currency. Great. Like she teaches all about the chakras and money. I'll be talking, I'll share, I interviewed her, I'll share it with you coming up in the future. Not yet, it's coming. Anyway, she was teasing me that, uh, you know, Australians are in the future. Yeah, we are. And so it's my Sunday night, the one that's in the future. So if you're going to join GYYV, you've got until Sunday night, Melbourne time to get yourself registered. If you're not sure what it is, go check it out, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga beers. It's a six-month business training program for yoga teachers. So if you are interested in learning about business through the lens of yoga, like we just did for the past 45 minutes, I got you. Uh, that's what we do for six months. You'll also get. Uh, group coaching with me along the way, as well as eight hefty, awesome training modules and our own Facebook group um, where you can get additional support and coaching from me, pop-up trainings, and you'll have an incredible cooler of people who want to work with you, support you, and see you be successful as well. So if accountability is uh, missing in your life, if you know what you want, but no one's giving you a kick in the pants to get there, or maybe you're just a bit bamboozled and you don't know how to do the stuff, Go check it out, uh, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga beers. Registrations do close on Sunday night. So if you do have questions about it, you want to talk to me, um, shoot me an email. I've been doing a fair bit of emailing backwards and forwards with people just to get clear on if it's right for them or not. 
some people it is, some people it's not. That's okay. But, uh, you know, if I can help answer any questions you may have, do reach out. Uh, I don't want you to miss out because you're unsure. Um, you can email me at amy at amymcdonald.com.au. Um, Kirsty says, I can't wait for GYYB to kick off. We're going to have such a good time. Yes. I hope you've got yourself into the members area already. Kirsty checked out the charter there. There's uh, the orientation video. Um, there's a bunch of materials that you can get your teeth stuck into. Uh, more coming. The mastermind list is coming. And then I'll explain all of it in our orientation call next Thursday morning, Melbourne time. So yeah, we're going to have a really good time. Uh, Jody says, thanks, Amy. I so needed to take this on. I'm the queen of procrastination. Yeah. Isn't it curious, you know, that um, maybe do some journaling on it, Jody. Like what, why? Um, like what do you get? What's the boon that you get out of procrastinating? Smart people don't do dumb things if there's not a kickback. You know, that's kind of coaching 101. So there's going to be a reason why you're procrastinating. Normally it's fear. But the more you can get into exactly what, then you're going to be able to clear it. Yeah. Try and as a, as a shiver encoded, like an action step on that one, Jody, just start doing one thing at a time. And I know that I've got days when I'm like, I just can't be asked or it feels like catastrophically overwhelming. I'm working on multiple substantial projects right now. And sometimes I get up in the morning, I think, oh my God, there's just too much. But then I sit at my computer and I'd see, okay, one, got half an hour to pay an invoice. I can do that. Two, you've got an hour to send out an email, set up a Zoom call. I can do that. Three, interview this cool guy about yoga teaching. I can do that. And then it doesn't seem overwhelming and I'm not avoiding doing all of it because it feels like, you know, Luke Skywalker in the trash compactor. It's actually just, it's just steps. And I can take one step at a time. It's just crummer, right? Just building in a sequence, one step at a time. And I'm thinking about you know, the eye of the bird is in the next half hour, I pay this invoice. Done. In the next hour, I send out this email. Done. In the next hour, I clear my inbox. Done. Step, step, step. Love it. Yes. All right, folks. Thanks everybody who has been here with me live. Super fun as always. Thanks for letting me like nerd out about yoga. Could do it all day long. Yes. Don't forget, email me or shoot me a message on Instagram if you want to know the version of the Mahabharata that I'm listening to. Lots of fun. Lots of sex. Like lots of sex. Did you? I'm like, I'm seriously still kind of spinning about the fact that someone died from fucking. Well, I guess way to go, right? <laughs> See you next time, everybody. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Another Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast. I hope you thought it was ace. I kind of did. Again, if you're looking to grow your yoga business this year, I lovingly invite you to check out my six-month group training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz. You can find it at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Till next time.